Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me Episode 13, Political Ecologies of Gorilla Hydration Originally published November 19th, 2021 I, I was playing with the idea of man versus permaculture because it's of course a play on man versus wild and and it's i don't think it's been done before and i think it's an interesting concept um maybe it has i don't know um i could be wrong but uh i think it's a great concept so hopefully hopefully uh there's lots of people um moving that in that direction uh i mean of course lone wolfing permaculture is like antithetical to to the idea of, of building community, but uh, sometimes that's just the the reality that you're in. Um, and so if you're trained, you should be able to be a Swiss army knife of resilience and not just, I shouldn't say not just, but in addition to bushcrafting skills that, that are often featured in, in austere, remote, solo survival type uh, reality shows I've said this before but just to calibrate a little bit where I'm what my focus is going to be what I've decided to focus on is um, it's, it is pretty it is very much my my true life story it has been for quite a while that uh, that I tend to be I tend to be leaning into into a, an austere future a little more than my peers, even in, in permaculture, and um, and haven't made that many face to face in real life survival movement friends. Probably somewhat for political differences, but the ones I have made real friends, real life, we've we've accomplished amazing things together, and we've really been brainstorming, workshopping, doing lots of research and development and really making a a fun and 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 uh fulfilling sometimes hobby, sometimes professional lifestyle out of out of prepping and whatnot. So but uh but yeah at this point I'm really feeling like again, as I've said before I feel very alien. I feel very alienated in the in this moment of um, people's people's. Uh, what I what my surprise at some of the reactions, a lot of the reactions to the pandemic and and um, the uh, what what really hurts me, what I really feel is missing, and what saddens me is is a sense of really um, a tightening of affinity groups and and circles of friends to where they everyone becomes a a very diligent 
think tank and, and information filter that's really bringing the best out of a synergy of collective intelligence as opposed to the divisiveness that's that's been happening and it's happened you know so i feel um my my stance and my my relationship puts me in a situation where intuitively under these conditions of a global pandemic that's uh they're gonna that we're gonna be playing vax vaxamole like whack-a-mole vaxamole with possibly indefinitely and um so in other words virus becomes endemic continues to mutate throughout the world and just boomerangs around and um so it's not going away and it's getting worse in some places and without making a whole rant or a whole update on on that this um Well, I've always had people, I've always had lots of volunteers, lots of friends who would see me spearheading a permaculture project with a with a survival gardening aesthetic within the punk scene. And um and I could rally troops and and so epic epic projects were done and I and I've been rolling all of those years and years and years of practice into this the real thing surviving <laughs> and surviving alone and that's unfortunate um but thanks to all of the blessings and, and and all of the support that i've that i had over the years i feel pretty confident however <laughs> once you throw yourself into the fire you know or into the you know into the arid landscape into the into the wild and in ex- under extreme climate conditions and extreme everything conditions, really. Um, well, everything relative to my experience, and I'm definitely not sheltered in this life, as you know. But I am. But I do have, you know, the 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 safety rails, the safety net that is being in the first world, so to speak. So I'm getting a taste of what how the other half lives, you know, and I'm doing it. I want to do it in a way where I take off the training wheels and I take off the guardrails and I start to actually have to endure some exposure to to some pains and some sufferings and 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 put everything to the test because <laughs> as different as things are today than they were a few years ago um i remember what it felt like in 2008 when people were stealing gas and gas prices went up and people were were killing each other and themselves and their families and losing it and uh, that's when i that's when i decided i really needed to get scientific about studying survivalism and that's how i got reintroduced to permaculture and i have taken it very very much more seriously um since 2008 and so <laughs> if i've been serious about it for that long uh i i better survive or whatever hurts me or makes me sick or kills me it better be pretty pretty sneaky pretty pretty smart to to have evaded my <laughs> my hard earned skills um at surviving but uh but i get surprised you know i get i get uh i get knocked down i get set back um but it's all 
very very um important it's very to me not <laughs> not taking things for granted and proving out what's still theoretical whatever is not i have not whatever i have not practically endured and survived that i know theoretically how to what i got to do to adapt and what kind of skills and knowledge and equipment and processes protocols procedures etc i don't know where i would put, i guess if i had to put myself on a scale it would probably be from where from where i'm at if i started i started 2008 just being resilient having a resilient mindset but not not really being very skilled at bushcraft at well almost anything except for music and talking <laughs> ideological windbag pipe dream um intellectual masturbation but over the years i have picked up i have devoted myself to learning some skills i i have had some mentorship and been but where i so maybe yeah i'd say about 25 is about 25 is when i started getting serious about gardening about health about fitness about about really pushing myself with martial arts training more than ever and 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 then getting also into spirituality and kind of new age self help stuff and personal uh, or or human potential stuff and so lots of experimenting and being a lab of life hacking and everything but um but yeah it took me it took me till about 25 before i got to maybe about a 1 of where i want uh, on the scale of being very very well well being very survivable um and i'd say where i'm at now is probably like a 7 but i'm moving faster towards you know if i get to if i get to what i think is 10 now then the scale will change and that will become a 5 on the next scale <laughs> because what about what about seasteading and what about uh i mean there's there part of me really wants to do that idea of man man versus permaculture where you you take your permaculture training and you go with just that knowledge and just the skills that you've developed and um you know Paul Wheaton's doing a lot of this kind of stuff with like boot camps and all kinds of programs immersion beyond the PDC the permaculture design course and and so um yeah i think it's i think it's a uh, a lot of people are doing the nomad thing so that's in a in a way that's its own sort of very bonafide breaking off from the systems of support and figuring out how to how to uh navigate austere survival and figure out all of the just the little mechanics and and dynamics and just the the subtleties of of human existence human survival and a lot of it is social skills 
a lot of it is mechanical skills, a lot of it is knowing how the body works, knowing how to diagnose things happening with the body. I mean, there's just so many domains. But but when you throw yourself out into a survival situation, whether that's van life or being homeless or um, hiking a trail or getting on a sailboat or whatever it is, you put yourself in deep into the wild or deep into the... Uh, or far far away from from the burbs or whatever you know if you get immersion into dangerous human urban environments or dangerous austere wilderness environments then you learn quickly what you're made of and what you wish you would have had and what you wish you would have learned and how how <laughs> and so there's nothing like experiential application of, of, of theoretical knowledge and learning the hard way and making lessons easier over time. So there's but this motif of man versus permaculture I like it but it's also if, if I'm if I'm again contemplating the uh, the direction of focusing on what I'm calling tactical permaculture I think it's I'm feeling that it's better to frame my adventures with that focus because it is it's not just borrowing from an existing meme it's not just adapting that existing man versus etc man versus x y z meme it's it's its own thing and and the the people who I want to be the people who I want to build alliances with now more than ever are, are former military um, personnel who are going to be very complimentary with me, and and that's really the education that I that I was that I was on track to get, and that I got derailed and didn't get, and and the more as time goes by, the more I feel. Um, the more I, I realize that it's it's it <laughs> it's it's a it's a difficult paradox that I mean I I've joked before I'm like can I get can I get the training but just like not not have to go take orders or go to war you know the, <laughs> can I make my, make my own order make my own orders and and uh and declare my own wars and but just get the training and you know if we're in alignment about threats you know foreign threats or or the need to you know to mount up then you know there's things like um people would say well just look at the national guard or look at the reserve services and whatnot um but still you sign away a lot of rights and uh and uh, and then of course from punk and metal there was no way <laughs> that i was going to i was i was uh very very powerfully dissuaded from that path that the path of wanting to be in the military from childhood from all the gi joe and all the rambo and all of the all of the vietnam war movies which well, the the uh, I should take that back. I should say the mystique of the soldier 
was very simplified and cartoony and action figures and all of the you know all, all of the all of the uh romant romanticized combat of of the childish cartoonized war fighter hero all of that stuff and then and then as you mature for me maturing getting into radical politics still wanting to be a warrior still lacing up boots still wearing fatigues still being a gorilla but for your own cause not not to be a uh i mean there's a childishness and a and a juvenile posturing within punk that is um leaves a lot to be desired it's it, it's 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 very aesthetically militant but it's very very flaccid in terms of delivering on the militancy <laughs> so there are subcultures within punk very radical straight edge riot girl um those are probably the two that where militancy didn't wasn't expressed through through being tactically trained but was expressed through um being very very assertive and very forceful about about actually defending or securing or or movement building grassroots movement building in in a very a very methodical way a very very effective and methodical way so but again it's it's interesting because you know I think about side trance people side a lot of as a lot of side trance parties you see a lot of israeli people and a lot of israeli men who were just all gq cut up like so squared away and lo and behold they go through a crucible a rite of passage a patriotic duty they serve in the military at some capacity and they get kind of sorted out sorted but they have a as far as i understand i don't know all the details of it but it is a, it is a country where everybody does some devote some time mandated to be in service and i actually despite my indoctrination as a utopian pacifist over many years whatever is the peace punk in me um do, doesn't like to hear this but uh but i do think in, in my heart of hearts now as i've matured from beyond my juvenile militant anarcho punk you know <laughs> cartoons of of cart like from gi joe cartoons to 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 punk rioting album cover cartoons you know <laughs> that that was what where where i was uh and where where the movement a lot of the movement was was just basically a drunk a drunken um exercise in futility um some great bands some great music and definitely lots of good times but uh but not much to show for it 
outside of some so those 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 subcultures and then of course i mean diy crest the anarcho punk a lot more projects a lot more activism a lot more um infrastructure built squats and whatnot and certainly all throughout europe so i should be very um acknowledging of the militancy within anarcho-punk that actually delivers and that has been mostly outside of the u.s for a lot of reasons um but uh you know it's not just about it's not about the aggressive aspect of militancy that i'm that i'm trying to uh exalt here but but it is a it is a a a military manner that that i was mentored in by those who had gone through the <laughs> getting yelled at <laughs> having orders barked at them and and some of them being on the battlefield and there's something lacking about not having those team building exercises not having those and I'm yeah not not even not even going near the 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 transformations that that we can that non-combat veterans can only read and and and, and study about and listen to stories about and but just the training the, the training without let's say just the the coursework you know land navigation um wilderness survival small unit tactics all of the things all of the technical stuff all of the wherewithal with climbing and ropes and just like all of these um skills of resilience that uh that so many people lack it makes them so helpless and makes them really uh i mean there's just such it's such a night and day difference from from people who who are confident in their survival skills confident in their medical skills and you know i'm i'm um just gleaning what i can but i because i lack a very structured and very formal system of of mentorship and training and um you know you got all kinds of 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 opportunities but it's just not it's not the same so I, it, all i can say or all i'm trying to say is that uh i'm going forward with this tactical permaculture concept to show respect to uh veterans and show respect to the the militants and the militaries of the world despite regardless of the politics it's it's regardless of um i mean i'm willing to be like bruce lee and learn from anybody who has thought through and lived through and in some cases fought through circumstances that uh that we should all be thinking a lot more about these days like surviving 
in austerity and thinking through multiple backup plans, having having the sense that things could go wrong at any time, and things are going wrong, and they and they, a lot of a lot of things appear to be getting worse, and you could be in the. I was just thinking to myself the other day, like you could be. Um, you could pandemic hits. I I'm 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 basically already by 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 magic luck and serendipity. I'm already basically living my dream of remote wilderness bug out off grid permaculture. I was positioned to be living that dream in basically starting in January of uh, January of 2020 (laughs) and I've said this before I'll say it again there was an eerie moment when I was like feeling like whoa this this project that I was that I was starting to to join forces on like a farm a permaculture farm rehab project pretty pretty far from uh, Babylon feeling like wow this 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 feels to me like i'm immersed in a season of the colony where people have to survive a, a, a apocalyptic scenario uh in in both cases both seasons it was a pandemic scenario that they had to group come together as a group and um pool their resources and their skills to survive and to build things and to solve problems and just epic my favorite of all favorite all-time um tv programs but it's basically been like that for me ever since i saw those i've been wanting to implement what i learned in those in those uh in those shows and of course tick tickner i believe he was to me the rock star of the whole thing he was the one who, if you watch the second season and you watch him and you're like, who are you, who do you wish you were? Who are you not? Who do you really want to be? Who would you want to be? And, you know, that's me speaking as a dude who has, who feels inadequate for wanting to have had my manhood be forged in, in a, um, in an experience of being trained in what in what uh, any military in the world would be training in, I just was not willing to sign up. And certainly at that time, I mean, it, to me, it was it was no blood for oil or die for oil sucker. It was the Jello Biafra rant. I were I did volunteer work at the the Peace Works nonprofit and was in the streets protesting bombings and. I can I cannot imagine myself being at my age of my warrior prowess was put into being a peace worker you know and uh I don't look back and regret that and say oh I should have I should have dumped all of my politics and all of my skepticism towards US foreign policy forgot all the Noam Chomsky I read and all the Howard Zinn and all of the all of the radical critique and I should have 
just gone and followed orders and been a tool of the state to do its you know do its bidding um I don't regret that, but I do. I do wish. I do wish that what was what what what, it, what would be offered is that okay. There's let's say there were two types of um, two types of boot camps, two types of of uh, or, or tracks, and maybe maybe there's more of this than I'm even aware of. You know, I was just kind of contemplating it a little bit, but. There are those who want to die for the flag. Those who want to be put in harm's way. Those who want to run into danger. And that's, I don't have a killer instinct and I don't feel like I am the hero. I wasn't on the football team. Not that that, not that I want to reduce it to that. But I definitely, I definitely don't feel like, uh, I know, you know, like, um, yeah so if you so if you wanted to be if you wanted to be a hero and you didn't believe in the politics of the military then why didn't you just become a firefighter you know what i mean so i did, so my point is that that i was not cut from that cloth of of bravery if anything <laughs> i'm i'm a little bit more nerdy a little bit more of a just less of an alpha i don't i mean i don't i don't, I think all these things are oversimplifications but but my point is i still would have i still i feel like i feel like if somebody said to me at 18 you can join the military and be given orders to go given marching orders to go to war or you can have basic military training and and just be a, a citizen defender and be basically and 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 to, to to some extent that's in this in the first responder sense that's what the cert training is it really is about empowering citizens to be first responders to a degree within limits within strict boundaries um but i think i think we definitely all could use more first aid training definitely could all use um some a tour of the fire department and have them teach you basic things and just uh, just a better a better posture uh, towards a more resilient posture and I think that would lead to a lot more fitness and a lot more self care a lot higher regard for other people for public health for public safety it would eliminate a lot of recklessness and. I just keep hearing these words squared away because I'm listening to these podcasts and trying to trying to fill in those gaps, you know, like if maybe what if I had a military brother or, you know, my father did serve. I don't know what the story was because he's pretty much absentee, but, you know, I've had the blessing to train in martial arts with a lot of ex-military and done forest defense with people straight out of the military who taught me a lot of ranger type skills and um but it's all been piecemeal it's all been kind of all a cart and just um not very structured so you know what i what i would like to do as a civilian 
who will probably not join the military unless there's a really good cause or or mandatory conscription if I'm even if I would even qualify depending on what it what the scenario is but uh but yeah if I was called to defend my nation now I would be pretty disappointed with what I have to offer and so I'm trying to do the right thing and uh and not not take this sort of um fantasy insurrectionist stance which is all about seem well some people really do train hard other people they just get the they get the garb and they get the weapon and 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 they don't train properly and they get themselves in trouble they bad things happen um so of course i'm walking a fine line i don't want to be uh i don't i don't want to um invite more scrutiny than 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 uh i've already invited (laughs) i'm not definitely not uh i'm not forming or joining any militias as it were in terms of how they're they're normally considered i think a better a better word for it you would be a more appropriate word for it would be a um bio-regionally resilient private security forces I mean that's that's not that doesn't that wouldn't go very far on Shark shark Tank but the point is you don't have to be in the military to be tactical You you, you have to be tactical in every in every moment driving (laughs) has a lot of tactics involved and a lot of them if if your mission is to survive and get to work and get work done then you better be very defensive in your driving you know there's um there's tactics and everything and so i'm not um you know i'm i'm there's a voice in my head saying you're you're you you're not the one to do this you leave it to somebody else um but i would say i i'm i'm exploring i'm exploring a topic making a life adventure out of it and i will be continuing to collaborate as i have throughout my life with people who can speak from levels of credentials and 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 types of experience to where um it's humbling and it's bona fide and 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 I won't have the, oh, I'm just a civilian complex where I'm not worthy. But where I do, where I can take pride and I can be bona fide is in the word gorilla. Because (laughs) gorilla doesn't, yeah, it means warrior to an extent, but it, it it means you are a, well, the way that it's portrayed in the media is usually talking about latin american contras or counterinsurgents or insurgents or whatever you want everyone operating um rebels it could be rebels it could be proxy puppet state security forces death squads it's pretty much everybody alive 
in those in certain types of 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 deeply ongoing embedded civil wars um the globalization causing I mean, all over the world. If you listen to Anarchy Radio, John Zerzan podcast, you get an update from all basically all of the headlines of indigenous resistance and people fighting back all over the world. And they're all guerrillas. Why? Because a guerrilla is fighting as in asymmetrical warfare using unconventional tactics because they are not able to go and engage in symmetrical warfare, which would be translated to two modern equally matched powers with all of the branches in the military in fully funded fully operational fully equipped and trained deployable condition fighting it out with relatively matched hardware in some theater of war with the hierarchy of um, all the branches working together in different, that's would be considered conventional warfare. But guerrillas are, and that's why I say it goes across the spectrum because <laughs> you could be a guerrilla that was trained by U.S. special forces, and being a guerrilla doesn't make you a bad guy. You could be a guerrilla, ostensibly trained by the good guys to fight the bad guys but you are still engaging in guerrilla tactics because you're the, you are the underdog you have to fight against um bigger numbers bigger artillery more ammunition etc etc so it brings out the very courageous it brings out the very down to earth the very passionate the very committed and the very creative the very resilient and those who were very much undersupplied and cut off from just <laughs> endless flows of resources and 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 relief troops cycling through right so <laughs> that's one thing for me i can say yeah call if i call myself a a, a, a eco warrior gorilla because i have been um very mindful about my tactics to so as to not be uh well let's call it i chose the path of being an above ground activist which meant that i did not engage in in what they call nighttime activities to me that was an obvious and you choose one or the other. The people who tried to do both go get busted and they're still in prison, a lot of them. So it's a paradox. How do you get how do you get radicalized without joining a scene? <laughs> who can possibly who out there possibly is able to get fully radicalized in a vacuum? In my back back in my day, there wasn't enough of there wasn't enough of an internet to make that really plausible. You, if you wanted to get radicalized, you had to go out to public places where there were a lot of different types of um, 
informants and agents and undercovers and infiltrators and uh and a lot of exposure and a lot of just um very porous and and leaky social containers and just public campaigns anybody could waltz in i remember there being people that at forest defense campaigns who were falsely accused of being informants people who had were behaving in sketchy manners so that they got basically blacklisted as as being informants whether whether it was known for sure or not whatnot so i went through a lot of that stuff very early on i mean well a lot <laughs> a lot earlier in life and uh and it to me it was very clear that you, you for me i was going to stay on the the propaganda war side of things and create music, create art, create literature, um, disseminate information, rally the troops to to do um, what they felt necessary and what they what they would be tactically um, intelligent with, and I stayed out of big trouble, you know, and some people didn't. And I'd, I'd like to think that over the years I have become far more risk averse, and I have I have um, matured beyond the, the 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 cult group think and the peer pressure of being young and being in scenes where people put each other up to things and people have these very cartoony militant fantasies and whatnot. <laughs> So to me, the maturation of, and I think this is fair to say, it should go for the maturation of the, the, the teenagers who join the Marines, the teenagers who who get indoctrinated and and put into the, and put into battle. I mean, I remember watching a documentary on the Iraq War. I believe it was an Iraq War. One of the first operations, the the guy, the 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 fighters were so gung ho that they sped past. And they basically ditched and lost their support uh, convoy, which was bringing, I believe, food, water, medical supplies, probably intelligence and whatnot. These guys were so amped up to get into the fight that they sped ahead of their support. Their support then got lost and ended up going straight through an extremely hostile territory, got blown up, kidnapped, and there's a whole historical chapter, and so to me, you know, um, yeah, I've I've made mistakes in my tactics over the years. I didn't get blown to pieces. I didn't get captured. I didn't, haven't done time. Um, and the reason I bring that up is just to say. there's a maturation that happens when you when you get older then your hormones change and the 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 politics of your of your group of of very hormonal peers change and therefore what you put what you put yourself up to do what you do to impress people all of that psychology starts to change when you know you grow up some people they build families they have careers and whatnot and it's a totally different game and of course it's no mystery that uh you know 
the military is not waiting for people to build families and become very psychologically mature. Um, in fact, it's the opposite impulse. It's the impulse to get them on the battlefield while they're young, before they have families, and while they're still at the peak of their delusions of invincibility, and while they're still putting each other up to stupid pranks and, and, and one-upmanship straight out of the locker room, straight out of the um, the sports team and the, the jocks in high school. I mean, that's that's the, 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 the pipeline. Um, but <laughs> as... And I, I think everyone should watch this. It's on YouTube for free. The Man Who Planted Trees. A beautiful... Talk about cartoon. A beautiful animation about the interplay between the path... Really, the subtext to me is that it is the... It, the subtext is that you could be harmonizing with the earth and doing profound works of, of mass creation divine works of mass creation by planting trees, planting forests, repairing the earth, devoting ourselves to that versus the obligatory destructive urge that militaries play out so that they can in the most cynical sense just burn through the, the toys and the gadgets and all of the technology that's being cranked out of the of the military industrial complex I mean that's not that's academic it's not it's not it's not a conspiracy theory so a lot of veterans have PTSD PTS etc they want to they want to heal from they want to have a purpose so I think it's a real a real um synergistic concept I think it's a real yin and yang it's like if I if I have a lot of experience being creative with ecology and I feel like I lack the the discipline the training the skills some of the fitness probably a lot of the fitness but basically I want to I would want to be competent to serve alongside these badasses where we're defending the the community garden where we live or we're defending each other's homes you know what i mean like they would if i was a neighbor of some badass and they wanted to learn how to grow food and i could teach them and they were like man i should i, I should really teach you how to be a badass because all that food you're growing it's a target and if you can't defend it what's the point and, and and even if I was a total utopian pacifist still, and I didn't didn't want to do nothing but <laughs> but yoga and and, uh, <laughs> and maybe tai chi, but you know, and they had to convince me, they would have good arguments for it, and I would I would probably be convinced. But I don't I don't need that. I'm already convinced. I'm already convinced that I am inadequate tactically, and that my and this was a line from the Twelve Monkeys, you know, when uh, when uh, <laughs> when Bruce Willis says, you know, the army of the Twelve Monkeys, basically they're just a joke. They're just a bunch of kids running around trying to play revolutionaries. But I don't remember the exact quote. But when that hit me at a time when I when I when I was very disillusioned with the movements that I had joined, and I realized we're we're only we're only serious about about 
the tactics and the battlefield of of intellectual sniping, intellectual combat in in magazines, in newspapers, at conferences, talking about the the intelligentsia. It, it was it was nauseating, and I was one of the worst windbags. And I, I will have hell to pay some at some point for for all my windbaggery, but. Uh, It took a long time for me to get practical and 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 serious about things other than just um, the ideological aspect of things. So, with the, with all that said, I'm just reaffirming that this is uh, going to be a, a, a this is going to be an ongoing theme. I actually did think about doing a. Um, A, an old-fashioned, pre-pandemic-style podcast actually talking about Tantra, actually talking about where I am with Tantra these days, how I feel about all of the the um, the branding, the spiritual quest, the journey. The simplest way I could put it now is that all of that higher chakra stuff has got is basically is basically being um, it's it's packed into the bug out bag while I get down to the root chakra survival stuff, and until that root chakra survival stuff is very well built and well secured and very redundant very resilient there's there's not going to be i mean i still dance i still do my devi sadhana i still my music is my devi sadhana if that means anything to you i'm not going to i'm not going to go into it. i will i will probably eventually <laughs> talk about tantra one day again in the future um i do i am still very it's not like i it's not like just because I talk about permaculture and and being a wannabe soldier. <laughs> that's the I've talked about warrior tantra. That's been a, a vision for a long time. And even if the pandemic had not struck, I still would be on a path of of delegating tantra healing to uh, military personnel, ex-military personnel. And in fact, my Tantra instructor does do Tantra healing for the military. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm always just a phone call away from, from being, hey, you know, well, I'm, I'm, there's, there's some, um, there's some wonkiness in, in a certain relationship, <laughs> but, uh, but maybe the times will demand a, a squashing of some wonkiness and actually well, put it to you this way. I don't want, I have no, I have no current interest in, in, in interfacing with anyone who is active, actively working for the government. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I have enough on my plate with interacting with the government already I don't want to add anything to that but if you but but for people who are done working for the government and they want to do permaculture they want to do tactical permaculture they want to do tantra they want to do tantra healing um 
then um, let's mount up for that. But uh, but yeah, definitely not soliciting or actively engaging anyone in uniform at this time. Um, but my tantra, my main tantra teacher, and one of the most prominent American tantra teachers is ex-military and still does work in the military or has last time I checked. So, yeah, I guess that means that's covered and and, and, and I don't need to explore that niche. So getting to a, a bit of an update, I guess that, uh, that, Spending the time to, well, they say 99 hours of design, one hour of work. So, so yeah, I will, I will play that card and I will say my ramblings about the uh, philosophy of tactical permaculture, which is not something that I'm trademarking. It is something that I am studying and exploring and it's in its natural habitat, (laughs) Um, that it does it. If I'm expressing it, then it needs to be expressed. I feel good about. I feel good about it, and uh, and it it is an important preface for me to say. Well, now am I shoehorning? Am I shoehorning? Am I now? If it's tactical permaculture, then it's like a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. No, I think actually. Again, it goes back to Tick, Tickner. The, it goes back to the conversations I want to be having. What I am, what I am, the permaculture I am doing requires a security force built around it that operates twenty four seven because of the economic conditions that the world is in, because of the remoteness of my site, because of the the vulnerability of my project and the politics of the project, the politics of warrior tantra, that's me, that's what I'm doing. So <laughs> it's not an option. It, there, there is no like, oh, why don't you just be a happy-go-lucky kumbaya hippie permaculture farmer? No, that doesn't happen for me because I have enemies, I have I don't even want to say the word. Um, I have reasons to run a tight ship. I have reasons to grow eyes in the back of my head. And I want to be associating with people to whom that is second nature because they were trained to be highly alert. And so it's not like I'm burdening them with paranoia by having good, basic tactical correctness if if you will you know like it's there's people who are just from just from being dismissive to being shocked to being mortified at the idea of being armed at the idea of training for to fight i mean so <laughs> i just i can't tolerate any of that i have no time for people 
who want to certainly not people in the spiritual new age movement who say i will i refuse to train in martial arts and self-defense because that's attracting the vibration and the energy of of being attacked and i'm just going to float above that on my yoga mat (laughs) and it's like no actually the privilege that you feel to get to walk home on the west side of la without a security force, you, your tax money goes to paying for the security forces that allow you to have that privilege. The second you step away from that equation, then you're going, you're going to wish people, people are going to, they're going to discover that there's an imbalance. And, and believe me, I have, I have worked with my share of, of, I just feel like if a woman enters my life, we're going to start with self-defense training because I can't sleep at night. I can't start to care about somebody who I don't know is either already on that path very seriously, hopefully not because they had to learn the hard way somewhere in life. And it's from a, I mean, that, that's sadly that, that that's what makes a lot of people hard is, 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 is having been broken by somebody, you know, at least once in life but uh but yeah i shouldn't have to i shouldn't have to explain myself but i know i do have to explain myself because there's a lot of very soggy very unsquared away people out there who who like i did for a time just threw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to the military, you know what I mean? It's just, it's not enough just to read a Noam Chomsky book and then hand wave it all all off because they're the ones making it possible for you to be, to be a pacifist, you know? He's, somebody has to, there's no free lunch. There's enemies of this country. There are people, so... I do respect the people. I, more more so than ever, I respect the people in uniform. And now I'm ready to to definitely continue to um, bring something to the table other than just disdain and hollow rhetoric and juvenile anarchism. You know that that wasn't that didn't feed anybody. They you know sorry food not bombs dumpster dive food. You know the, the sketchy warehouse shows were the like we were actively creating a nuisance a public health crisis (laughs) endangering people by violating the fire codes it's just every form of hypocrisy and contradiction so you know i do really applaud the punks who who became paramedics the punks who became first responders i don't know if i want to say punks who joined the military but i know they're out there I know there are people in the military who who listen to probably some of my music, <laughs> but there's a I guess the irony is not is lost on some of them that a lot of the music that's um a lot of it's anti-war, a lot of it's anti-military, but it's good music to drop bombs and you know shoot guns to. So I don't know. It's it's all very paradoxical. It's just like a Full Metal Jacket, the fucking peace sign and the Born to Kill. You know, it's a paradox, but. Um, but let's get serious about really defending our nation because it's time. I mean, if I, <laughs> if you're going to you know, call the troops home, 
and let's fucking do some civil engineering and let's do some permaculture on the homeland you know like that's homeland security i talked about it before a natural national security so so moving moving along to the practical stuff and the update so and the sort of the spirit of 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 what it means to to identify and to behave in a in a gorilla like manner and to to uh put a disclaimer here i read a i my my corporate uh, my corporate ceo founder mentor um saw the gorilla marketer in me saw the saw the eco gorilla in me the eco warrior gorilla in me and handed me the gorilla marketing book and said let's you know we were a force to be reckoned with because he had the the type a got to get myself on shark tank got to get the vc funding got to get the numbers up got to show the financials got to have the business plan everything like I never encountered a force of nature like that. And he was all about every anything you could do to get an edge, bootstrapping your own startup until you got until you got venture funding. And so the gorilla in me was very apt and so for, so I had to but I was anti-capitalist, I was anti-money and I was broke, but I had to you know, had to get a job eventually. <laughs> Student loans ran out, you know, so learning from him and so that's why I say the disclaimer is if I say identify as a gorilla, hey, let's just say I identify as a gorilla marketer, okay? <laughs> so you don't have to like lose sleep at night anybody, but um but it's an important thing to it's it's something that you can be without it being stolen valor you know um <laughs> it's not a pose because you could be a gorilla kite flyer you could be a gorilla bicyclist it is a it's adapted from from warfare but what it really means is that you are the underdog and that you have to be very adaptive because you don't have an infinite budget is what it comes down to. It is the the poor person's the poor person's adaptive strategy to the mission, whatever it is. Surviving adversity or building a business or whatever it is guerrilla gardening is great so anybody can be a guerrilla gardener and you don't have to join the military to do it and no one can say it's stolen valor if you do it you can make a seed bomb make we used to make paper airplanes with seeds embedded in them how's that for fucking insurgency guerrilla insurrection there's your insurrection We, we we made a we made recycled paper airplanes with seeds embedded in them that's the tactical permaculture par excellence <laughs> so yeah guerrilla gardening is a beautiful movement um but that's not exactly yeah that's that's uh, that's just a way to anchor in the essence of this concept and what it comes down to for me was a guerrilla mission to procure water in a a very um awkward and very like
the tactical the tactical condition is not to get is not to hydrate combat soldiers in the theater of war the, the the tactic is how do you get if you're off grid and you have and there's there ha, we're in a drought and all the rains that you've been dancing and praying for and designing rain catchment systems for have yet to be even really tested because there have been no rains yet and your water tanks are being depleted what I have had to live through and I think so this is this is the the update is is what I have been learning in my in my exploration of guerrilla strategies urban guerrilla strategies for water procurement and because I again am more risk averse now more so now than ever I do not want to do so let's let's just say okay put on the gorilla uniform now that we know that it's not going to make you a terrorist you could be a gorilla kite flyer you could be a gorilla marketer you could be a gorilla gardener and last time I checked seed bombs and paper airplanes with seeds in them um and tucking your your uh, apple core under the bus stop or whatever <laughs> you know you could be very decentralized you could be very one-off or you could be very very meticulous and very organized but but the fact is let's i would like to to be very comfortable using that word in a non-threatening non-terroristic manner so what does it mean to be an urban water gorilla? Well, if you're not operating from a if 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 you well if if you choose to put yourself through the crucible of I'm going to work on a project far away from any residence, let alone whatever your residence is, let alone your friends residences or any other crutch that you might have to be you know connection point to the grid it gets to be a situation where you have to you have a spectrum of options so in the in the colony you know i think in the colony they built a a uh, charcoal sand multi-layered uh alternating charcoal sand uh, filtration system to drink to filter and drink they would boil it but they would filter debris out of the LA River <laughs> so that's probably the bottom of the spectrum well if you had if you had to do that with raw sewage I guess that'd be worse that could be worse or toxic waste it could be worse but that's pretty much the LA River <laughs> right there it's a diluted toxic waste uh, raw sewage um, dilution watered down so um so they survived doing that that I thought was a quite a feat and it, there's a lot to uh to be gleaned from that so a step above that would be 
the sort of survivalist prepper go-to, which is the Berkey water filtration system, and there's multiple sizes. So what I have chosen to do is combine a strategy, not always, I should say, alternate between a strategy of the Berkey uh, sport bottle filter, and I don't use the plastic bottle that I think it, it came with originally. I just put it in my stainless steel bottle. It fits perfectly. Um, the uh, What it is, it's like uh, the size of a... Um, what would you say is the size of? A size, a size of a small like a small candle, like a real, let's see, um, what's a better size, better comparison, um, size of an egg roll, it's, it's about the size of an egg roll, and it has a two, a straw tube attached to it, and it is a bona fide Berkey filter, um, that has amazing filtration qualities, and I'm not going to do an advertisement for them, I'm not sponsored anyway, but I do, I can say from experience, I've, used had to use some sketchy water sources both on the 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 big berkeys and the and the berkey sport water filter and uh between the two of those i i i'm i'm still here so my survival and my relative uh health um (laughs) is uh is testament that um that they work and i'm one of many countless berkey fans um, but whether or not we make, whether or not they make that an endorsement, it's, it's the idea that you better, I mean, you're not going to be able to fashion a charcoal sand filter system if you're, if you don't have those materials or if you are you're on the move um if you were bugging out or if you were in any stage of maneuvering in and i think i think for me more than anything i mean now more than ever if you were if you were a if i think everyone is a gorilla everyone is a covid gorilla if they're alive if they have not been killed by covid i think you're a covid gorilla warrior and I think that there are those who are who who are, take it very seriously and get very sophisticated about their strategy, and then there's those who just dumb luck they've they've made it this far. But I think that it is an epidemiological battlefield, and um, if that yeah if that makes me if that's if that makes me uh, out of, if I'm out of line by 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 using that metaphor i mean people talk about cyber warfare and the war on this the war on drugs the war on every so <laughs> i think it's pretty safe to de- to to declare war on anything <laughs> totally abstract and but 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 more appropriately to to understand that like okay is there a battlefield? Are there enemies? Uh, are there? Is there combat? Yeah, I think the COVID pandemic has made combatants out of people who you never in a million years would have guessed would be violent, would be aggressive, would be threatening, would be hostile, would be 
forming alliances and yeah it's basically i'd say it's definitely an epidemiological civil war um and with not just two clear sides you know there's so many different permutations of it and um so to go out for 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 me to (laughs) to be in a situation where damn the fucking rains did not come and do what I prayed and wished for them to do, which is top off all my water tanks so I didn't have to go back out into the world and practice epidemiological guerrilla tactics to survive and to avoid crowds, to avoid bottlenecks of enemies of enemies of good public health practices in the way i see it right i'm not i don't i don't i'm not naming anybody i'm not attacking anybody i'm not aggressing on anyone i'm very being very defensive acknowledging the threats and knowing yeah i mean like there's more of them than there are of me i.e. people wearing masks not necessarily people who are vaccinated uh which is i'm going to withhold comment on that for the moment but i'll say um there is a there is a a people have been abusing vaccination status to behave neg- in a negligent manner which is something called the what is it metcalf effect or something i can't remember eric ding brought it up named it by the name of the of the the actual sort of sociological effect or this whatever the academic term is, but um, I made the analogy, it's like, yeah, just because you have a life jacket doesn't mean you should go swimming in shark-infested water. Um, that's not the point, you know, it's it's one of many, it's one, one tactic uh, in a multi-layered approach to protecting yourselves and others from a, from a debilitating and lethal virus uh, that is accelerating in its ability to um to bring us down so i have a very defensive posture towards that and if i have to go out into the world into public into public i'm not saying i have impeccable everything i mean you know i have my kit my kit is i just got a i got myself a nice um fits in the door side of the door spray alcohol water mixture bottle i've got my n95 fresh masks and um i keep my distance in a lot of different ways keep my distance from peak hours keep my distance physically socially still and uh and i i'm skeptic i'm very I'm very ill at ease still when it comes to people's attitude, whether it's very lazy or very, very aggressively anti-public health, anything, everything. So, yeah, I prefer not to have to leave to go get water (laughs) when I would prefer it to rain. (laughs) And, um, but no, I was forced out. And of course, I got a lot of things done in one in one little micro adventure. A lot of important errands and resupplies and important, of course, 
pounds of seeds, you know? If I leave here, I'm fucking coming back with pounds of new seeds of some kind of stuff. I got I got arugula, uh, mulberry, coriander. What anything I can get in massive bulk supplies, so so that's what does it for me. Less pra- less plastic <laughs> anything, more regenerative seed stock. So very happy that I was able to procure a bunch of uh, seeds that I ordered, but um, but I had to uh, I had to restock as many containers, as 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 many gallons as I could as I could haul, basically, and um, hundreds not not thousands of gallons, but hundreds of gallons, and um, how do you <laughs> how do you as a covid urban gorilla uh trying to avoid contact with the enemy as much as possible how do you get large quantities of water if you're in a relatively remote location you don't want to go i don't want to go all the way back to where i have friends that i could get water from i don't want to go so you know, you 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 got to make new friends. That's part of it. Um, but I'm but looking at the options. So yeah, I could get pretty much any water and feel safe and confident filtering it through the filtration systems that I have, and it would be just um, a matter of preference. I would prefer to have obviously the best possible scenario would be rainwater but from LA sewer water from LA river water to at at one end let's say and then rainwater at the other end there's a lot of gradations in the middle and um and that's what I want to spend a few minutes talking about which is which is the the, the bit of a brief update um in just my haphazard <laughs> learning as I go, learning the hard way as I go process, which is that, uh, you know, it's easy, it's, it's, it's scary, it's, it's mortifying and shocking how difficult it becomes to get large amounts of water the second that you are, either by choice or or not or 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 or, or, or when you don't have logistically viable nearby access to a garden hose <laughs> right for irrigation or for filling up your survival water tanks it becomes problematic and so You know, I I had imposed simulated off-water grid scenarios on myself in the past by just, well, there is no spigot to where my garden is, so I have to fill up garbage cans or whatever. I have to fill up and then just irrigate from those. So I know I've done the drill of filling things up, but I was never cut off. I just had to cycle it in because it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, it was, it was like a, what's the way to put it? Um, 
it wasn't that it wasn't available, it just wasn't convenient. So it made sense to just, you know, one get a super long hose and then once a week fill up a bunch of smaller containers closer closer in. Rather than turning on the setting up that hose that takes a hundred feet to get to or a couple hundred feet to get to the source and there's leaks in it. I mean it was a nightmare. So so yeah, point being human basic water needs drinking hygiene laundry you know even the most austere even the most limited use of water for bathing and laundry and hygiene and dishes and whatnot i mean i probably i've learned how to minimize those factors to the tiniest just to eliminate most pathogens and for things not to just stink <laughs> you know i've got i've i have cut that budget down to the bone the water budget gets cut down to the bone and you you know you find out oh you have a biome of you know microbiology on your skin that maybe you shouldn't scrub off and poison and disinfect every twice a day or whatever won't even get into that but but yeah that's that's pretty gorilla you know they call it <laughs> you're you're if you're surviving on on tankage and not turning a faucet or turning a spigot on demand you're already gorilla that's already gorilla urban gorilla to go on that to 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 live like that and so but in the city, you know, I could go, in the city, you could top off more easily with friends and whatnot, and just, it, 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 it was more ubiquitous, it wasn't, it wasn't an ordeal to get to it, so for example, when I was living in my car, doing, um, <laughs> living in my car, running my, my online business, being a digital nomad, living in my car and doing Postmates to, to hold my, to, to, to protect my crypto bags during the crypto winter. <laughs> you know, I had two five gallon plastic water jugs and, uh, kept them out of the sun. Um, and I would keep one of them full at all times. And I would administer the other into smaller containers and then I would just go to the uh, the water dispenser machines and fill them up every few days and that was no problem that that was good training for being um, you know sparing with it not wasting it very very good training for that but it was you know always it was just a matter of of just keeping keeping aware of the of the reserves and and keeping the keeping an eye on this on the inventory and then having the emergency so if there was you know let's say a big la earthquake or whatever i never want to be with you know less than less than five fresh gallons or five relatively fresh gallons to to get me if to get me through a few days if necessary and then moving up to trucks then you get to carry more um but uh but where I'm at now and doing what I'm doing now, it's like I don't wanna I don't wanna leave here 
I don't want there. I don't want there not. I, want, I don't want to get down to where there's less than a hundred gallons at any mo- at any time, and I don't want to come back, leave here, and come back without hundreds of gallons that are going to last me months um, until I until I have to get down to a low point where I'm going to want to restock. You know, so that's the idea. How do I? What strategies do I have to use now that I now that it's I'm talking orders of magnitude more water to to resupply with and that that bottlenecks very quickly and it's a retail retail uh a real um un unoptimized retail expense to be buying one gallon at a time from those machines so i thought through a few scenarios and it did not sit well with me, but I thought about it, and I and and I'm I'll t- I'll tell you the story of why of what stopped me from from uh what's the word um well I'll, I'll I was dissuaded at the last minute, but basically I thought I had to think through it. I'm like, well, if I've got hundred if I've got hundreds of gallons of tankage that I'm gonna try to all get at once i don't want to do it piecemeal because i don't want to the cost of gas basically the cost of this is the most expensive water i will have ever 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 had in my life because of the a the cost of gas going up but b the the remoteness of where i am if it doesn't rain it costs me a lot of money to go and get water and it's so i'm definitely not going to want to get i'm definitely going to want to get bulk rates and top it all off at once and then know that I'm that's said and done and I paid for it and basically you know um it's very precious I mean fuck it's worth to me it's worth more than fucking gold that that is survival that is a real asset so so I treat it like that my fucking portfolio my water portfolio (laughs) my index fund my basket of fucking water resources um and I thought, and I thought, and I thought through how well, I was going to do it, and I, I, I set myself on this idea that, well, how bad, since I'm so confident in these filters, how bad could it possibly be to, fig, to figure out, or to, to, to arrive at the conclusion that, and I'm talking risk averse so yeah you could there's people who carry around those keys that you can use to open the basically the spigots that have no no handle no handle on them uh, but i'm not talking about stealing water Th- that's not uh appropriate to my risk appetite at this point and it's not necessary i should be able to um i should be able to purchase water not borrow it from friends not lean on anybody but be able to find a way to buy bulk water at a reasonable discount and fill up my tankage and and have it not be an issue but unfortunately and this could be my big blind spot it is my big blind spot so I looked up, okay, there's people, they call them boondockers, there's people who are doing the hashtag van life and whatnot, and the uh, best I could find was people talking about rest stops and um, 
rest stops and and truck stops and whatnot and i called a truck stop maybe i need to call more of them but basically they were i was i was mistaken in my research that led me to think that oh maybe but still like i really would like people who know better than i do to to help me out help me navigate this because if there is some chain truck stop that says you can hook up a hose to our spigot and we'll charge you by the thousand gallons or hundred gallons or whatever and it flows at the rate of a standard garden hose and they charge you by the gallon or whatever i would love to that's that's what i should be doing and i i would like to have the equivalent of turning on your garden hose filling up a tank filtering it before you drink it or put it on your on your crops and that's that but in the world of that's there's not enough there's not enough of a market for that to where there's not the that niche is not supplied and in the in the landscape of supplied in the market you have the one gallon at a time or five gallon at a time um so actually i was forced okay so no here was the idea i had i said okay how bad could it possibly be to go to a self-service car wash and use the fucking pressure washer on rinse mode and hope that there's not going to be so many toxic corrosive like kill you dead residual particles of wax and fucking tire cleaner and and whatever kind of soap is in there and just hope that oh i'll rent the rinse let it let it go for, for you know a few seconds and then it'll 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 be like a crystal spring or something like, <laughs> like crystal clear mountain spring i was trying to convince myself that that made sense because i thought about the alternative of like oh I'm going to literally one gallon at a time at a high price. I'm going to fill up hundreds of gallons one gallon at a time. That's that's going to be absurd. And so, you know, I was almost there to convince myself that I should do that. But when I went to two of them and I looked at the, I re, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to read the rules. I'm going to look at, I'm going to assess everything I can, you know, and because I'm not trying to, get stopped i'm not trying to because that's that busts your your covid you know if the cops are not getting vaccinated and they're going on they're 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 walking off the job or striking or rebelling everywhere they can that makes me a fucking impeccable law-abiding citizen overnight you know instantaneously because i do not want to be caught up in people who are and i've already been i have been pulled over by law enforcement officers who i'm not going to i'm not going to tell the story cuz i don't i don't want to add to any anti leo sentiment right now i will just say i will just say that uh if they're going to i'm going to do me they're going to do them and if them doing them means they're going to be flippant flippant about public health measures during a pandemic that's going to make me far far more risk averse and that's going to make make me not want to be engaged in questionable activities so i get to i get to i checked out two of these places and i'm not trying to like be in a hurry and get away with something cuz i don't even want that attention i don't want that i don't want that to be a possibility that someone questions that what i'm doing there and of course i will be doing something that well they may not have explicit instructions not to do it 
the biggest risk is that they think what I'm doing is rinsing out containers and I'm dumping toxic chemicals there illegally against the sign saying it's a federal offense with a 24-hour surveillance smile you're on the surveillance camera. So, you know, that saved my life probably because I was that close to, if if I would have been able to convince myself that there's no way in hell anyone's going to notice what I'm doing or care, realizing no i would have to explain it would very they would nobody would think i wasn't lying they would think i was rinsing them out and breaking the law they wouldn't believe me if that i was just filling them up and even if they were all just filled up to a certain point they're going to say oh yeah well how are you going <laughs> you ready to go to the lab to fucking prove what no i i don't need i don't need to get covid explaining that i'm not doing something illegal even though it's a little bit weird and a little bit different, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm practicing my urban guerrilla tactical permaculture. Do you mind? No, that's not gonna, you know, that's not gonna go in Hollywood. You know, before the pandemic, yeah, I could get a, I could get away with a lot of fucking, um, a lot of weird shit, but, and 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 just blend in, you know, blend in to a lot of the weird shit going on in Hollywood in those times, and, but no different different time different place and so now i don't even want to i don't want anything i'm doing to be questionable in public so so what do you do you you be a customer so what did i do after going to those two places and realizing no this is probably the dumbest thing i've ever thought about doing for help you know the, the the most um curious george fucking deadly curious george mistake in my life i could imagine doing but thankfully, my risk aversion to those warning signs and thinking through the consequences of trying to do it made me not do it. And then, so what did I do? I said, you know what, fuck it. I, I think I would like to do the exercise of knowing, because if, if I have to go back with no water, I'm going to be a sad fucking camper, because that would have been a lot of gas money wasted. Uh, yeah, I got some seeds, but now I'm back to the drawing board on water, and now I'm down to my emergency reserves, which I don't want to touch, to where I think about going out and driving all that mileage again to go do some other strategy. So, <laughs> you know, luckily I had thought through, I had thought through other other approaches, I had other options, you know, um, I could have stayed out longer and called more places and tried to find that unicorn fucking truck stop that has a, a hose that they say, yeah, just take, it's free. Just fucking how much could you possibly take? You're not a fucking tanker, you know, shit just, but I basically am a tanker, (laughs) uh, you know, nobody like people think, Oh, I got to fill up water. Okay. Here's, you know, where's your five gallon jug? No, I got hundreds of gallons that I'm trying to fill up right now why because I don't go back and forth I'm not it's not like a trip down to 7-eleven for me you know uh and flip-flops you know I gotta drive far no this is not even this is not even a conversation so what I what I decided I would do is test test the 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 ergonomics and I had just watched again the Shaolin Temple the Shaolin Temple the the film from 1982 called Shaolin Temple and you see how they get their water and how they make it into a kung fu exercise of holding these beautiful wooden water baskets. I'd love to make one. I'd love to have one. And they go to the waterfall. And when they get the fucking water, you know, they make it into an, an exercise of 
holding it at the most fucking awkward and painful position and running back with it across difficult terrain like everything is part of the training so after watching that i'm like all right i better fucking man up to that shaolin temple shit and fucking and just take my my i have i have my one gallon jugs with me so i'm like all right i'll see how i will see how costly it is how time consuming it is how dangerous it is with people you know having yeah so yes encountering tweakers encountering beggars uh realizing that this is very tactically disadvantageous to have this much much exposure period and then for it to be very like um ergonomically and just logistically literally the definition of bottlenecked you know i can't (laughs) i can't fucking plumb a hose into this thing so you know it would have made it would have made a lot of sense if 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 uh if there was a car wash that there was a unicorn car wash that says hey guess what you put in the fucking money and for the exact same amount of time you get the high pressure through all the toxic with all the toxic residue in it we'll give you a clean pipe with regular pressure it'll run for five minutes you pay for it and you go about your way and it's basically just you know municipal water nothing filtered nothing fancy it's just that's all that's all it is now after after eliminating that no after the car wash thing being eliminated because they don't they don't have that option (laughs) and uh and i would be considered highly suspect for doing anything other than just washing my car there (laughs) or washing my truck then I, I, I went systematically and maxed out the allotted limit of three to five gallons over the course of several gas stations and convenience stores, just thinking, okay, you know, look, just think about how the Shaolin monks had to do it. This is, you know, this is good training for you. This is, this is good, good for your Kung Fu to have to fucking fill these hundreds of gallons up one gallon at a time, you know, use both hands use both at a time jump in and up jump up and down off your off your truck and you know practice your footwork and just make it just gamify a little bit all right so i did that for like a couple hours and uh and then i remembered that uh i had a strategy that was like uh in the middle that i was curious about but i was I was hoping for a better option, so I sort of shelved this away. It's it's a trip when like you, well, when something that you would have uh, disregarded, all of a sudden becomes very attractive because of circumstances changing, right? So, so after maybe the third, fourth, fifth, whatever, uh, one but one gallon at a time, very demoralizing. Trying to have a positive mental mental attitude about it, though just trying to say okay this is how this is how it's going to be i'm not going back i'm not going back without at least 20 to 50 gallons to give me time to really go back to the drawing board give me a little bit of time um but i hit the jackpot and it was that i discovered uh, after several of those <laughs> of maxing out those those uh i mean i didn't use all of their water they had it so i'm not a hoarder i'm not limiting other people's access i i was using what was allotted to me per 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 um station you know which was just three to five it was so pretty you know um 
pretty fair. So, um, and that, and I did think about this is kind of like the way you're taught to sustainably harvest things. Like don't take too much from one thing, one place. Like if they were berry bushes, you know, I would, I would, I would distribute the load, but finally found a one, found one where it was very logistically, uh, advantageous to back up to the air and water and the, the water cable to the air and water machine would seem to be longer than I would normally expect. And, uh, and I, and, and it was, un, it, it was barely thinkable for, to me before just thinking like, Oh my God, gas station water unit, that's gotta be so fucking polluted. It's gotta be. And so I had this fantasy that it was really nasty but at that by that point, after I had been broken and humbled doing a one gallon time, I was like, you know what, gas station fucking water pump. Now I know how. Now I know it's basically impossible to do this one gallon at a time. Even if I was willing to do it, the limits are are pretty low, and I'm not trying to, you know, be a hoarder. So if I'm, you know, and I don't have a choice, but, but you know, that's that was that. You know, that was that. It, it was what it was, and. um and I was just going to get as much as I could all the way back. Just, all right, I'll fucking get three gallons a time. I'm, I'm going to just hit up every place I can on the way back. And, and then I will learn I will learn that lesson and I will come, I will come back um, with a positive mental attitude, way less water than I wanted, higher quality water than I needed, <laughs> um, and at least some time, expensive time bought to think through, you know, doing more research and having a better strategy um ongoing because that ain't gonna work but i hit the jackpot when i at least for now when when i came upon that middle path of like well i should at least know how i should because i figured okay gas station you know the air and water machine that water's got to be nasty I don't trust it. I would, I would want to. It would be my last choice, <laughs> um, and and I don't figure that you would get that much of it. I just I just guessed because I don't really use it. I don't really. I I mean I wouldn't. I haven't needed to use that for an overheating engine, um, and I wouldn't use it to fill up water bottles and whatnot. So, um, so it's been pretty superfluous to me over the years. And so I don't think I have in my mind like a, a, a very a very accurate gauge of how much, how long it would... I mean, I guess I, I assume, okay, you're going to get it for as long as the air lasts, which always seems like it's not enough to get more than two tires, you know? And you're rushing and it's fucking madness. Um, but but I, th- I thought to myself, okay, fuck, you better... Now, <laughs> now you're humble enough to where that looks very attractive now at least you should know how you know so i figured oh, i'll get a it's a it's about it's i don't know it, it was definitely cheaper i i said it's got to be cheaper than than the filtered water machines um it's got to be way cheaper although you are you are paying a lot for that little f- few minutes or whatever you get um buck 50 or whatever it says on there and um and if it's just going to, yeah, but I, I was really curious. But basically, I was stoked to find out. I mean, I never felt so good about water in my life when I, when that it kept going and going and going. And I'm like, holy shit, is this broken? Is it ever going to shut off? 
But it basically, after, you know, two or three cycles, it became very clear for, you know, for, for, for one, <laughs> for one ride, you, you, you get one horsey ride and you get basically 10 gallons of, of, um, street water <laughs> of, of unfiltered tap water, um, for a couple of bucks, you know? And I was like, well, the price of gas, if I can do this and it's close and I can live with it, and now I'm more comfortable accepting it, accepting my fate, because <laughs> I have some context on it, this is actually probably the best strategy, because the other, the, op- the other options would be drive very, very far and spend a lot more money on gas to go to some friendly place where I can borrow water from a friend or whatever, or go all the way back to where I know people, I and mean, that's just the weight of I don't want to fill up and then drive with all that weight either. That's another expense. So the closer I can get bulk water to where I am, the best price, as few times a year as possible until it rains, and then um, and as close as possible, and without having to, because I was thinking like, man, if if I really have to, I either have to go on Craigslist and try to find somebody who will sell me their garden hose water, which doesn't seem to me like that far-fetched. Seems very, but then it's like, I don't know. I mean, in East LA, fuck, it would be no fucking problem to work out some shit like that. I don't know where I'm at now. I don't know if people would be very hostile to like that kind of thing or if they think it'd be great. I don't know. Uh, I'm not not trying to find out right away because I'm not ready to commingle, you know, in in the in the, in the surrounding um, uh, in the nearest the nearest settlement. I'm not ready to commingle with that. So this was forcing me to do something I did not want to do, which would be like, all right, do I have to fucking rent a commercial property just to get water from a fucking you know, like I'm not gonna go to a hotel and like fill up, but like do one gallon at a time out of the hotel room. That's they're not gonna like that. I don't want to piss anybody off. I don't want to rouse suspicion of any kind. So it was a little weird. It was a little awkward. But I fucking sat there for I don't know two, three fucking hours until sunrise. Ten gallons at a time jumping up and down off my truck and restarting and repaying for for swiping the card again and again and again and again to keep getting more and more 10 gallons and it was in the middle of the night so I wasn't holding up other people trying to get to it certainly I would I would um I would surrender the air and water access uh, to anybody who needed it but it was perfect cuz no one was there for that purpose during that time and so I just could just, just sit there and and continually refresh that and um you know it's like i wasn't thrilled about about that uh the prospect of doing that but in the moment of doing it after it's a very interesting psychology of like how much more of of a of a sense of of victory and sense of appreciation you get for an option when, you know, I mean, it'd be like, 
the way food tastes when you haven't eaten for several days or just that the exuberance that you feel about it it's like I felt fucking very very happy that this was not the this is way fucking better than fucking with car wash fucking jet stream water with like I would never be able to look this I don't know if I should have found this in some urban gorilla water resilience manual um it just was it's just a little life hack now it's like okay that's like if you were pen testing or poking around a network or whatever it's just like what are the parameters of this thing this is something that's open to the public you can pay for it like it did not it it didn't give me a limit which to me would indicate that the limit on the other machines of course they have to they have their own tank of filtered water that can be depleted so they've got to limit people but if it's if if i'm getting water plumbed right from the main of the city municipal water supply there's no reason for them to like not take money from me even they're gouging me to to, they're definitely gouging me relative to someone who had the luxury of a a commercial property or a private property that they could just hook up a hose to but hey you got me by the fucking balls and i'm happy to pay i'm happy to get 10 gallons at a time coming through this and just sit here my hands were freezing fucking water was i had to hold you know leaks in place and get the leaks to go you know the leaky the leaky hose to uh to get into where i wanted it so um but uh yeah the icy fucking cold wind and the icy cold fucking water it actually felt great and holding a tight grip for those hours i'm like i'm really glad i watched that fucking kung fu movie before this because now i can like you know be like a little kid and just play kung fu warrior out here in the middle of the night with this freezing fucking water uh, machine and of course you know maybe the attendant was cool too he came out definitely came out for a few smoke breaks and just worked right around me and just was like nothing so you know this is the desert you see a lot of people filling up bulk water people get it it's very you know i appreciate that um Yeah, so I think I'll I think I'll wrap it up there, cut out, make this, get, try to shave off one hour at a time, uh, go from the three hour ish to the now less than two hour. That's that's a moving in a better direction. I don't want to be always. Well, I'm gonna just be more more regular about uh, about getting getting to the point with with some updates and um, but also just exploring and developing the philosophy because it's important this is these are times to fucking really really put in the craft of building alliances and so if anything for me i'm building the the intellectual infrastructure to be able to build alliances with people who i who i always wrote wrote off and dismissed you know um but who i need them now more than ever and they need me they they need me as well and they're asking for people like me so time for me to fucking get squared away and um 
And I really think now, after having lived through that night, (laughs) I am going to make it a big priority to solve this problem because, yeah, that's a stopgap solution. You know, the dude could have come out there and said, hey, man, you know, you got to get the fuck out of here. I don't care how much you're paying for this shit. Lo and behold, it it was said it was charging dollars dollar seventy five, and then I looked later, and it was only charging me twenty five cents a piece for the ten gallons. Maybe that'll change. Maybe it's something that has to get adjusted. But that made me feel even better about it. So definitely, I found my little niche. I found my little my little um, watering hole. You know, <laughs> literally for that. Is it scalable? Is it reliable? If it what happens if it changes? Who knows. You know, um, who knows how long it'll last. It gave, it bought me some time though. And it was some cheap time for 25 cents for 10 gallons. Got hundreds of gallons. Now I am fucking topped off. Nothing has to be shortchanged. I can take care of everything. I can be growing a lot more. Last thing I want to do is fucking shortchange my plants and my trees. Cause I don't get my, I don't have my shit figured out. I got extra filters I got extra pumps. I got everything to fucking knock myself out and rock my socks off fucking growing this food forest and and enjoying my my gas station water pump machine fucking riches my uh treasure of 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 gas station water bless the dude who didn't fuck with me and um and hey first time I ever got undercharged for a prick, probably anything in a gas station so but I do want to figure this out I do want to figure out what is the secret what is the secret handshake that gets you into the fucking bulk water club there because I know there are people who have I've seen people who roll up with the ICB totes on a trailer and they connect to a it's not like a fire hydrant, but basically it's like a public utility, uh, and they, I don't, they don't look like they're trying to be all like hush hush about it. It's broad daylight. They go and one after another. So I think there are places where, I mean, another thing is like, oh, just go to a campground. Well, what if the fucking campground is far away? Um, then then it's nullified. Like I, I that's why I want to figure out like. Fuck, do I have to go and call? Like, literally, I could call every business and go, hey, you want to make a few extra bucks? I'd be like, I don't know. I mean, there's there's cool businesses. They'll give you your, they'll give you coffee grounds for your, for your compost. You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't they say, yeah, we've got a hose. If you show up and we see that you have, you know, we look at, you know, we're there working. We see, okay, you got this many fucking tanks. You fill them up. It's this much. I can't think of any fucking business that, that is like hustling that wouldn't take that extra money and wouldn't just know like, yeah, you're not, you know, there's no drains outside. You're not, I mean, that's the kind of um, gray market, uh, cash underground economy stuff. And like, no, I'm not dumping. I'm not doing anything illegal. That's the gray market. That's like nobody's business. And, um, you know, if you don't have friends who can furnish you in that way, who are very close to make it cost efficient, then that's a bridge for me to build to, to, to not have to go rent a commercial property. Like how absurd would that be? So hopefully, 
you know, fuck, maybe I'll build a website called, you know, <laughs> hook up a fucking desert rat with water.com. <laughs> oh, this is drought at, at, at adapting to the drought. If it fucking would have rained and I would, you know, but yeah. So we'll see what happens next. Oh,